What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Unbuckle Chinstrap. This is your host, Jules Henningberg, and today we are very excited to have on an up-and-coming talent in the league, Archers Lacrosse Club attackman Grant Amen. Grant and I got into it a little bit last week on social media regarding the Penn State Rutgers game. Of course, I already set the bet who was going to win the game the week prior, Rutgers over Penn State all day, $100. Eventually, he paid me the whole amount after I initially flagged him for only sending me $20 on Venmo. Him and I talk about the battles between the two programs, transitioning from college to the PLL and the toughest defenders, and now him taking on life as a full-time professional athlete. Let's jump into it this week's episode of Unbuckle Chinstrap with Archers Lacrosse Club, attacking Grant Amen. Grant, what's shaking, bro? How we doing, brother? I'm chilling, man. Where are you at right now? Uh, I'm at my apartment in Philly. Uh, so moved in in November and uh, been kind of back and forth with everything going on. But yeah, lo- loving it so far. Yeah. So you're living alone? Is it? Uh, is it a house? Is it an apartment? What do you What do you got going? Condo? Yeah, it's a one. It's a it's a walk up, uh, one bedroom. So it's uh, it's nice. My my brother's around the corner. Some buddies from high school are around the corner. So got a good little little crew. Um, and then and then obviously some. PLL guys as well that are are in Philly. Uh, we got a nice little crew here. Nice. You're able to link up with those guys pretty often. I know Rambo and, and Blaze and those guys are there. Who, who else is over there? So Tuck, uh, Tucker Durkin, mm-hmm. um, Sankey, Wolf, uh, Will Hawes, Pat Resch. Um, so we got we got a good crew. We've been you know, doing some workouts together. Um, and uh, yeah, the, Tuck's a pretty good defender. <laughs> going, going, going against, going against him. But no, it's, it's cool for me. Um, you know, linking up with these guys, like I looked up to, to Jordan and Joey so much when I was younger. Um, cause they were like the small guys on the field that had so much success. And, um, I think that that helped me a lot to kind of envision myself being able to do those things down the line. And then, um, you know, obviously all these guys that I'm, I'm practicing with and, and doing all this stuff with like I, I've looked up to for a while so it's it's kind of cool to for them to look at me as just like another one of the guys and kind of just operate in mentality yeah so Philly is one of those unique spots I feel like that has that kind of connection from the older guys mm-hmm. to the younger guys like Baltimore has it Long Island a little bit um, but I feel like there's something unique about Philly because it's just like the culture is like I feel like you guys think you're tough. I mean, I don't know. Like that's, you know, neither here nor there. But um, I feel like just that, you know, the Eagles, the Philly thing, we're tough. You know, some of the guys are kind of underlooked, undervalued, I feel like, as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of come out of Philly, it creates like that that unique, you know, dynamic for someone like yourself mm-hmm. to kind of step yeah. into that now. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, I think I think any great sports player thinks they're an underdog. I mean, like, <laughs> you, you don't get a chip, like, yeah, I feel like you have to have that chip on your shoulder yeah. in order. Like you have to always be wanting to prove something. And if you don't, you're probably not going to be the top in your sport ever. Um, you know, you have to play with that fire and that edge. And uh, I, I do think that's a thing. I think um, I think in a lot of ways, uh, the, the Philly guys, like I look at Matt, I look at Jordan, I look at Joey, like we're, we all stay in Philly. Like we mm-hmm. we we all grew up in the suburbs. Like we didn't grow up in, in the city, but yeah. um, you know, I think we, we enjoy it. And we're all obviously also, you know, Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies fans as well. Um, which, which is always, <laughs> which always provides some good banter. Also. Yeah. The Eagles thing is just fucking crazy. Um, yeah. I didn't like really understand. Cause I wasn't like into football as much when I was younger. Like I'm still mm-hmm. like not a huge football head, but 
I didn't understand like how ridiculous Philly fans were and how much I was tied into like the culture of Philly. And then when I was younger, um, like even back to like Under Armour, like when we played Philly, it was like, oh, like these guys are actually play really fucking hard. Like they're like, I don't know, you know, tough is, you know, comes in a bunch of different ways, but like in terms of compete level, like the guys definitely, you know, played really hard. Same with the Dukes um yeah. lacrosse club that's you know i that's where i first um saw you play i think um i think no project 9.9 we were there together uh mm-hmm. i think you're a sophomore i was a junior that was the first time i yep. met you um and then yep. we'd play you like on the circuit you played like mesa um yeah played played mesa mesa and Duke mesa, were, my, were, were yeah were my two teams um growing up yeah yeah we played uh champ camp big yeah uh, big yeah. game there with uh you guys beat us i was fucked um leading the, the leading the leading edge game yeah, yeah. that was so so the uh, i i love looking back at those because uh it was i believe yeah, i forget who who exactly was on that team but like sours was on that team and um you know a bunch of bunch of good guys that ended up having great careers ray pond was on that team um but it i find the summer circuit thing so funny because like everybody who who's around the same age in the league, like we've all played each other for over a decade. Yeah. Like, because, because back when you and I were like playing, like there were like maybe eight to 10 club teams. And like, it was always kind of, you get to the semis, you get to the champ. Like it's always the same, it's the same thing. thing. Like the amount, yeah. the amount of times that I played Curtis Corley and that tri-state team, like we laugh about it. Cause like it, it, the that them and them and us, meaning my Mesa team and them, we must've played each other a dozen times. Like, and it was like, we knew each other by, by the time, like by the time it was over, which is pretty cool. Um, but that's why I like lacrosse. It's a small community and like, you know, you, you're not safe anywhere. Truthfully. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Cause you don't think about that as much until you get like kind of older and you realize mm-hmm. like, fuck, like I, I actually end up seeing these guys, like whether it be PLL at the bar, like in this space and that space. And you know, mm-hmm. some of the things that happen, like, or how you interact with guys when you're younger, you're like, oh, like I never thought I'd be like boys with that guy, like you know, know him exactly, well. exactly. Um, and yeah, you probably got the best of us, uh, you know, leading edge, you know, back in the day a little bit. But Penn State, baby, Rutgers, we got the best of you, boy. And I don't know what the overall record is. I know, I think freshman year you guys beat us. Uh, you weren't there yet. Sophomore year we beat you. You came to Rutgers. Junior, junior year, fucking whacked us. That was pathetic. Your and senior year, I wasn't senior, playing. You didn't I play. wasn't playing. You didn't play. All right, uh, so I'll, I'll give you that. And, give you we, and, then we, and then we and then we beat you barely to win the win the Big Ten regular season championship, and then we absolutely waxed the floor uh, in those in those semis. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like, listen, like it's, it's the Friendship Cup. Like, I, I think one of the coolest things about big 10 lacrosse in general is like every game is just an absolute war it's wild it's just so it's just a war out and i think it's a different like everybody asks like you know the acc versus big 10 you know rivalry um i think acc rivalries are just different like like when we play like for example like playing Rutgers, playing maryland playing ohio state like it's war like you go out and you throw punches like it's 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 it means something. And I think that's we were watching it. So last weekend was the first, it was the first time I've been removed from the team and mm-hmm. to, to 
watching it from afar and understanding my emotional investment into it was a wild experience for me because I didn't realize how much it like truly gets ingrained into it to how much it matters to you. Yeah, that's a very interesting point because I had went through the same experience when I graduated and still like we still talk about it like the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think ACC when we were younger, like when we were growing up, had like a similar sort of um, dynamic when Maryland mm-hmm. was there um, mm-hmm. in, in the ACC. Uh, and not that they were not as strong as they are now, but I think the the culture of the lacrosse in the ACC is a little bit more flashy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like I agree with that. One can fucking shoot from 15 on the run. All the middies are slick like with their moves. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. like Big Ten is is more blue collar. Like, yeah, it's, it's ground and pound. You yeah. you have to. It, you will not win a game in the Big Ten if you don't win the middle of the field. Yeah, and you, you but you have dynamic players still, like uh, like yeah. like yourself, you know, Bernhardt, like you know, O'Keefe, guys that are like, you know, definitely, um, you know, dynamic to shoot on the run, can do all these, you know, skill sets. But in the at the core, if you don't have that, you know, that toughness, ground balls, consistently mm-hmm. hustling on the ride, like you can't win the game because the other team is working so hard for those little extra, you know, opportunities that like you have to mm-hmm. match that level of intensity, or it's it shows, okay. especially on the film when like. Mm-hmm. come back <laughs> it's which is that's a, that's an interesting topic we'll get into a little bit of that but um yeah but listen i you know i bet on the boys because i knew no no one else knows this the curse brothers are coming in and i knew what they were gonna do no i mean dude we've i played against curse at nova like we played against him yeah. like it was no shit like we knew the kid like like he's a tank he, he was he was, I mean, and, and this is no offense to, to anybody at, at Nova, he was their player. Like he yeah. was, he was their Jake Fricaro. Mm. Like when Jake Fricaro was there, like Fricaro did everything for them, you know, and he, he had the same role. And we knew that if he was able to channel and just focus on offense and not be a two-way player, like I had uh, Sabia and, and a few of the Penn State guys over to watch. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about him. We're like, he, he is, He's a real deal. He's a, he's a really good player. I think he's tailor-made for the PLL also. Absolutely. Um, which is, which is, which is cool. Cause I mean, like, listen, as much as you know, you say, you know, you hate Rutgers or you hate Penn state or anything like that. Like we want big 10 lacrosse to blow up. Like, like how, like fact of the matter is ACC dominates us in yeah. terms of PLL stuff. Yeah. And so as, as a conference, you know, we need to grow together. Um, but, but having those rivalries, having the banter that you and I had, like, that's the good stuff. Like that's the stuff that you look forward to. And that's when it gets fun. Yeah. And speaking of the banter, look, you tried to send me a $20 Venmo and I Yo, was like, all right, this all right. motherfucker. So, 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 so I looked at my so, account. So I'll be honest. So I'll be honest. I, like, I'll be honest. I completely forgot about the hundred dollar comment. I was just buying you around. Like I just figured you were out and I was like, next round's on me. Um, and yeah, that was completely on me. I completely botched that. But hey, I I did send you the rest of the eighty. You did? No, you did. You did. I, I squared up. You you right held away. me accountable. You right held away. Me accountable. First, you and- tried to to bump me on on social and put up your ring, which was that was so disrespectful, because you know that I that's not fair, and the it's just two completely different circumstances. And I, I mean, then uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, my but, God, I looked at my Venmo yeah. and I was like, he put a ring up and he paid me twenty dollars. I was like, yeah. um, and my, my, yeah. my tweet didn't much. I thought, but actually, when I came back at you, your shit got like 
like hundreds of likes. I was like, this is, yeah. I mean, it it was, it was, well, the funny thing was, uh, you you know, like when I, when I did it, I was like, should I do it? Should I not? (laughs) Um, and at the end of it, I was just like, listen, you know, like (laughs) let let the bling talk a little bit, you know? And and at the end of the day, I like, I'm like, wow, I, I look like that guy because it would be cool if I did a national championship ring, but like it wasn't. So you know, at the end of the day, I, I think, I, th- I think it was nothing but but good fun. And I think if anybody knows what happens in Big Ten lacrosse games, and specifically Rutgers, big like there are a lot of worse things said probably on that field. That <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe not to me and you, but on the field of play, I can tell you there was worse things said on Saturday between the two teams. That's yeah. for sure. No, absolutely. Well, all right. Here's the deal: we are playing each other again. Are we going double or nothing? I mean, I, 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 we can, That's, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> All right. Let's lock it's it that, in. It's that, it's Double that or nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, I already, you know, I got to roll the dice here. I bet on the boys. This is, this is going to be the year. It's going to be the year. Like we have transfers, COVID, Ivy League's out, you know, like this is our opportunity to pounce and then keep yeah. it moving. Double or nothing, right. lock it in. I'm and in. you, you know, I think my senior year. Yeah. It was my senior. You couldn't play. I feel like I people for, forget that, that you are, you're a year, how old are you? 20? I'm only a year younger than you. Yeah. yeah you're only a year younger than me. You're 23. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or are you 24 yet? About to turn 24. About to turn 24. And you, so this is, I don't also people don't know. I don't not doesn't get talked about enough, but Nick Aponte was Dude. at Penn state with you. And not that Nicky I wasn't a. concerned about you, but you were younger. Nicky I was a. like, Nicky, I could ball. Dude, I was like, ball. he was like you before people knew you. And I was like, but people didn't really know him the same way. But like mm-hmm. come game time, I was like, we're, I was like, if he gets hot, we're so, we're so screwed. Yeah. Nick, Nicky, I had a, he had a different switch in big 10 play. Like he, like, I, I remember the Hopkins game, my freshman year, I played horrible, um, ended up actually getting pulled in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nikki, like I think he had like four and four goals, like all unassisted, like just shouldn't have happened goals. Um, like he had this like one ride back goal. He had this one. He dove from behind the net and scored before the dive was in. It was like the it was crazy. But no, Nikki, Nikki definitely. Um, he he taught me a lot too. He was a great leader, uh, and, and he was a solo captain for a group of fifty guys, which is wow. pretty which is pretty impressive. Um, and you know, he did a great job and, uh, you know, he's still, I think he probably, if he wanted to still has a little left in the tank. I mean, you know, he's got a shake, like he's got a shake. He's got a shake for sure. Did you learn that from him? Your, your shake? Like, did you guys kind of, no, I mean, like I, I took some stuff from him. Um, truthfully, I think he was probably, he was more athletic than I am in in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Um, Mine, mine was from, mine was like a combination of like Rabel Harrison um, and Millen, like mm-hmm. oh, kind of the three of those guys kind of just taking what works for me yeah. uh, and, and turning it into it. But um, yeah, no, no, Nikki, a, Nikki, a definitely his athleticism, I think was very underrated. Um, and it came out in the Turkey bowl every year. He, I mean, he would be MVP. Like he was a, it was a wide out in Turkey bowl and, mm-hmm. He was like, I'm pretty sure he was all state in high school, like for football, like he was legit. Um, yeah. And you, you see the raw athleticism, but you don't see it. 
raw athleticism as an attackman, you know, unless you're at an elite like Sowers level, you know, it's it's harder to see and it's not as appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikki Nikki is a great leader, but also a phenomenal player. You know, he, he had the full thing. That's interesting. Why do you think that the athleticism doesn't get, you know, presented on the field the same way in lacrosse compared to, you know, if you're on a, on a football field? I think we're starting to get to that point. I, I think a lot of it truthfully has to do with camera work. Like I think in, with the ca- different camera angles that like mm-hmm. we're able to shoot things with the PLL, like it, it shows the true athleticism of, uh, of the guys and also the skill level of the guys. And for so long and they're actually I, I i don't know if you saw it but like they started doing it on the big 10 broadcast a, a little bit uh with the or not big 10 espn uh broadcast with um ohio state john topkins game they did like a few field level shots and like the field level stuff i think really brings it out um but also i mean i just don't think we we get respect as athletes and rightfully so like i can't my 40s probably maybe like a four, eight, four, seven, <laughs> like, uh, like yeah. it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow somebody off the charts, but uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways it's, it's starting to get there. And I think the other thing is, is guys are starting to take that stuff so serious, which is such a good sign for the sport. Like guys are going all in on working out and nutrition and all this stuff. And, and you're seeing it. I mean, the, the talent on the field this past summer, um, for me, like just playing with, it was just like, it was so much fun. Like it's mm-hmm. when you're playing with guys who care and guys who are willing to compete, you know, it just makes, it makes the game just a lot more competitive and just, it, it makes it way more serious, which, you know, hearing from the older guys, like it wasn't always like that in, in you know, the early, you know, MLL days. And what are you doing personally, um, you know, as a, as a full-time player now to kind of align yourself with, not that it's a new brand of lacrosse, but, you know, definitely it's different than it was in the past. Yeah, I think for me, um, so I, I'm working closely with my Penn State strength coach. Um, he He's a, it's very sports science oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're tracking as much as we can with, uh, with whoop. Um, I have the, the catapult thing to, to track my yardage when I'm on field. Um you know, it's, it's a lot of that stuff. But then at the end of the day, like I just told him in, in, my, in the off season, like, listen, dude, I need to get stronger. Like I was not strong enough at the tournament. Like I weighed 161 pounds in the last game and now I'm like 175. Um, and I think there's a, there, I think a lot of the reason was because I couldn't get into a gym um, because of COVID. Yeah. Like I, we, the gym's closed. Uh, but, you know, obviously getting a little bit stronger. I, I think I saw it in that last game. Um, you know, Rowlett's just was really strong. Durkin, really strong. Dunn, really Like all of the top guys in, 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 and you can attest to this, like they're, they're big boys and like they're grown men. And, and, and if you're not ready to like be able to take a hit from them and your body can't stand it, you're not going to last in the league. Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, it's different when you, you go against grown men. I think, um, honestly, I think playing in the big 10, like not the physicality in terms of the individual, as much as like the consistency of the physicality, like, mm-hmm. and that mentality does prepare you better than any other conference. In my opinion, like when I, and I'll, I'll, I'll switch it over to you. I'll ask you this question. When I went from Rutgers to MLL, like, I felt like 
I was prepared because every game I was like taking so seriously, like Mm -hmm. the way in the big 10, where I felt like some of the guys that I was playing with and playing against, they'd kind of been caught in this lull a little bit, a professional lacrosse that, you know, it, it didn't care as much. Like for a lot of different reasons, guys are doing different stuff off the field. Like you're not getting paid the same amount, but in my mind, it was like, I was still in big 10 mode. And then we move mm-hmm. into the PLL and then that, you know, was another level. So I didn't really ever lose that um, level of compete, but you know, the physicality of it definitely, um, you know, I was smaller um, coming into Rutgers and I had to bulk up a little bit still. That's, you know, a big deal for me, but was that the, was that the number one thing you saw, you know, was the most difficult thing you had to, kind of deal with was the jump for the, from the physicality. Yeah. I mean, I, I listen, I think X's and O's wise, I, I was really fortunate to be drafted by a team that quite frankly played a similar style offense that I played mm-hmm. in college. So, um, you know, adaption wise, it actually made it pretty simple. And also when, you know, you're, I'm paired up with like Marcus and will, you know, they're, they're pretty easy guys to play with yeah. <laughs> um, in, ter- in terms of, you know, off ball play and stuff like that. And then you, you know, you look at the midfield, you know, I can play with Tom Schreiber. He's, he's, he's pretty good at what he does. And um, you know, each, each guy kind of provided a little bit different for me, but I I would say, yeah, the, the physicality in in general um, was, was different. I I think the biggest thing for me to adapt to is shot clock. Like just, just that internal clock. I mean, it's, you go from 80 to 52, like that's, that's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, when you, when the ball crosses the midline, it's either you have early transition or pull it out, out, get the subs off and like, you know, get the other guys on as quickly as you can. And like, I remember in the, in the Atlas game, we like struggled with it a little bit and we would be getting the ball in the possession and there's like 20 seconds on the shot clock. And and for me, it was just like, what, what's going on? The ball didn't marinate at all. Um, And uh, yeah, that, that was probably, the biggest, the biggest adjustment for me, honestly, was, was that internal clock um, and, and the up and down nature of the PLL is just because of that. It's just so much more. Um, but to, to that point, that's it, fun. It's fun to play. And, um, and I know, and I know that it's also from a spectator standpoint, because I watched it as a spectator in, in year one, it was much more appealing to, to, to me because there's more back forth. There's more swings. There's more um, momentum stuff that's that's just you know riding and and on top of it, you know, you're getting a good production on on the field as well with with camera work and with the production crew. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I think you saw it from some people from the MLL to the PLL had difficulty adjusting when we all switched over, but I also think you're going to see that from college just continuously because it's an entirely different game. Um, mm-hmm. And I think some guys, if they're not willing to adapt or they're not, you know, invested in lacrosse enough where they're going to actually critically think, okay, this is how I play. Now this is how I need to play for the PLL in order to be, you know, either a successful role player or, you know, you know, take whatever your dynamic skill set is, you know, someone that's a great shooter in college or, you know, is a pretty good dodger, but a great step down shooter. Like, they need to understand how to really fit into a certain way in the PLL. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like, mm-hmm. you're just going to get filtered out by someone that can, you know, adjust to that clock and can find, you know, a space better. And someone like Kirst, you know, he's someone that's just going to be able to adapt right away because he does so many different things well. But mm-hmm. maybe someone that is used to, you know, they're not as fleet of foot and they're used to having the ball in their stick to kind of set up their dodges and set up their offense if they're not the number one ball carrier. Well, like, what are you going to do now? Um, to be a high level PLL player, knowing that other guys, 
do what you're trying to adapt to doing at a high level already, mm-hmm. right? Like Marcus mm-hmm. and Will, like those guys are trying to catch the ball for you consistently. So, yep. you know, yep. you got to figure that out. It'll be interesting to see some of those guys coming from college um, as we kind of continue yeah. to grow. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this for this college class. Obviously, this would have been the, the class that I would have came with, came in with. And yeah. a lot of the guys, um, you know, I know personally. Um, and, and I'm excited for them because of the year that they had. Uh, like, I, I look back on it when I had my decision to, to go back to Penn State or, or to leave. And, you know, obviously, it was a tough decision. I think I made the right one for myself. Um, but knowing the stuff that guys I mean, I mean I don't know obviously you're probably talking to Adam at Rutgers but yeah. like it's it was not it's not easy it was not an easy year for them in any way shape or form and there was so much uncertainty with everything going on like uh, I, I'm excited part of the reason why I was so excited for the Penn State game last weekend um, obviously you know opening up against the Big Ten team is sick like it's yeah. it's a it's a fan's dream but uh just more for the guys to have the opportunity to like do what they actually love and stop being told that they can't do something um, because of, because of everything going on with COVID. So, you know, I'm excited for them. And I also think that they are going to add an edge to the league, um, a young edge to the league that uh, like, I don't think how, how good people realize how good some of these players are. You know, I look at like Bernhardt, I look at Sowers, you know, you got O'Keefe, you, you got, um, JT Giles Harris, you got Trey LeClaire, you got, you know, all of these guys and they can all sling, sling it and hang with, with anybody. Um, I think it's going to be great because it's going to add a lot of competition to finding a roster spot and it's going to add competition to the games itself. And it's going to just raise that level of competition um, and that talent level on the field. There's only a limited number of spots and there's more guys coming in than there are spots plus ML guys realistically how do you think that's going to shake out do you think younger guys are going to have change roles change spots in the field do you think older guys are going to get cut do you think younger guys are going to get cut this summer and be on the protect you know on the waiting list what do you think is going to happen yeah yeah i mean i think i think it's going to obviously go coach to coach um you know they're obviously if if somebody's the same skill level right if you have an older guy and a younger guy and they're the same you're probably going to take the younger guy um just because there there's future there's there's a longer you future think, with that person think. i think it's switching um, i think it's switching I, now i i think i think in some aspects um i again i think it i think it depends on on who we're talking yeah, right if yeah. it's a guy if if it's an older guy who's on a fringe and a younger guy who's on the fringe now if this older guy has experience with um championship runs and you know is a good locker room guy and is a leader well that that changes things like i Mm -hmm. I look i look you know at at some some of the guys who are in the older parts of their career but they have experience in the game that's invaluable and you can't put a price tag on that um and and also the leadership side of things um you know i i think i i don't think people realize that it's no longer a a summer lacrosse you know, show up, throw on your pads and suit up. Like, no, like we have, there are leaders on teams and there are captains of the teams and it's extremely valuable. And if, and if those aren't in line, you know, with, with, with your game plan and with the way that you guys play or with the way that whatever team you're on plays, you're not going to have success. And um, again, good sign for the sport moving towards the future, because it's a sign that guys genuinely care about winning and, mm-hmm 
at the end of the day, professional sports, if, if you have guys that are willing to lay, lay their body out on the line for the team, that's a good, that's a healthy sign on, on where we are with the state of the league and, and with the care level of, of everybody competing. And I, I really did feel that at the PLL last summer um, throughout every team that we played. Like I, our, every matchup that I had, like it, it was personal to, to me, but it was personal to the guy who I was going against too. And, and that, that's fun. That's, that's good lacrosse. And that's, that's good competition that everybody loves. Who, who was your most difficult matchup last summer? Uh, I mean, I did, I did the worst against Tuck uh, in that second Atlas game. Um, Rowlett, Rowlett was really good. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't really want to put one person, I, I would say. I, I think everybody's got their own stuff that they're really good at. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I went against Sabia, and that's always a fun match. There's a picture of me and him from, from it. Um, I think he's very yeah, underrated, uh, Sabia. Chris, yeah. Chris yeah. is <clears> – <throat> Chris is, uh, Chris and I just have, uh, I think just a different relationship. We played together since we were in sixth grade and, uh, played against each other in practice for four years. Like it's, I think we have a mutual respect for one another, but like there were practices when we got, got in each other's face. Like, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think that's, it's always really fun going against him, but, um, you know, I, I think, yeah, I wouldn't say that there was probably one guy, um, but but I, I think every every defender in in that league, in, in terms of top cover guys, I mean, you know it as well. Like, it's if you don't bring your A game, you're you're gonna get shown up pretty quickly. And <laughs> <laughs> like, you you got to bring it every game. Yeah, no other I option. Lear- I, I I learned that very quickly. Yeah, there's no uh, there's no room to take stuff off. This shit's on national television. You know, you got this money on the line. Like, it's just, it's a different beast. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, you know, guys coming in, you know, different team dynamics, obviously big trade for you guys. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Fields coming to that. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I, I think before going to Connor, um, Ian's a good friend of mine now, and, and him and I were roommates at the tournament. So, uh, obviously, we got to know each other really well being together for three weeks and, it's continued on in this off season, um, you know, either Snapchatting or, or texting, you know, pretty, pretty much daily. Um, so, you know, uh, from a friend standpoint, it was a interesting experience for me because it's the first time that a friend's either transferred or gotten traded or anything like that. And um, so there's an emotional side to it. And he's a great locker room guy uh, in general, you know, he, he's a goofy Canadian kid, but, yeah. uh, but you know, in terms of Connor, um, the numbers speak for itself. Like it, it, for anyone who doesn't think that he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder this summer, like uh, he's, he's a great player. And I think, I think with, with, with whatever, you know, went down last summer, um, you know, I think he, he's excited for, for a fresh start with us. And for, for me, I mean, he brings everything, like he can do everything on the field, similar to kind of what we were talking about. Like he can, beat a guy one-on-one very, very well. He can play in a two-man game. He can play off ball. He can feed. He can shoot. Like, he can do just about anything on the field. Um, and also, his creativity level is something that really just, like, inspires me. Like, I, I, I want to kind of learn from him um, in a lot of ways because he does some stupid st- stupid stuff with a stick. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know his skill level. So, you know, all in all, I think we're, we're really excited. Uh, I'm excited to, to kind of 
get to work with them. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you know, whoever's, uh, whoever's running out of the box, whoever's doing it, like we want six offensive guys who, who are willing to play on the same page together. And if we can do that, um, you know, our chances for, for bringing home a championship increase greatly, but that, that obviously we need to all come together before then. Um, and that's one thing that, that I think the whip snakes do so well is, is it's always six guys and it's not, um, it's not one guy. It's not the other. It's, it's six guys working together towards a common goal. Yeah. The whip snakes, you know, I think they, they found the secret sauce with that. Um, just having all six guys being on the same page um, <laughs> and, and not being concerned about who scores the ball. Um, mm -hmm. I think with someone like Connor, obviously he was a ball dominant player in uh, my first PLL season, 2019. Um, you know, saw that change a little bit in, in 2020 and, and him not get as much time. But back in, you know, when we were younger, he played at, uh, at Albany. He was um, off ball a little bit more, was doing a little bit more. So I'm curious to see how that shakes out. Have, have you reached out to him and kind of started to build that relationship yet or, or not really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I shot him a text. We, we kind of knew about it before it got released. So mm -hmm. I shot him a text, just welcoming him. Him and I, we've never played together or anything like that but we've always kind of communicated towards one another and just I think more so as I think him and I get along in that we're both very big fans of the sport like first and foremost and we appreciate the sport and and the creativity and and the the beauty that can go out on a field um and I think we've always kind of uh you know talked and and smiled at one another but but not, nothing ever too serious so um you know I'm excited I, I told him I'm uh, we lived close to one another and we could work out a little bit together, but um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get maybe a little uh, archers week again out in, out in Utah um, before. Cause for me, you know, I, I recommend it to him. Um, you know, it, it really helped me adapt to the locker room beforehand because I felt like guys knew grants before I got to training camp. And mm -hmm. it's, it's hard when you're, when you're get to training camp and it's just like full go, like you don't really have time for, you know, the relationship side of stuff. And, and kind of in, in switching gears, getting to know, you know, Grant, right. You're obviously taking a bigger, you know, presence on social media, as far as, you know, being a professional player, what has that been like for you? How has it been in terms of warrior giving you an opportunity to kind of become more of the younger face of the brand mm -hmm. and what's, what's that dy dy dynamic been like and how has that evolved? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think, in a lot of ways, the, the social media side of things, um, it's, it's, a, it's been a learning experience is, is a way that I will describe it. Uh, it. It's, it's great. I think for the sport, because it allows lacrosse is so different in that it allows us to be able to communicate with fans and, and it it's genuine and it's not like a football player. You know, the, the, the fan base is so large that it's, it's impossible to have that intimate relationship, I think, and, and that one-on-one -on -one feel. Um, and that, that all goes to the coaching of the people at the PLL, um, you know, Lisa helping me out or, or Paul helping me out. Like I, I kind of just went to them um, when I graduated and was just like, Hey, can you guys just help me and just coach me through some things, give me some pointers um, because I, I just didn't know a lot about it. Um, and then, you know, adding, you know, the partnership with, with New Balance and Warrior, um, you know, that, that was something that I'm really excited about because I, I used Warrior growing up. That was my, you know, I used the, I have, 
I think every brand, every Evo head uh, I've used um, on the Evo line, and now uh, I'm using uh, the Evo QX now. And um, obviously, that partnership is is really cool. And uh, for me, it's I, I I probably find myself texting the gear guy too much, saying, "Hey, can I try out this shaft? Can I try out this head?" and and all that stuff. But um, you know, it's it's really I think one of the coolest things about the endorsement side of things, and, and I know you can speak to this with Epic, it allows you to feel like a pro athlete for just a little bit. And it, and it allows you to be a pro athlete in general. Like, you know, I can, I, I, I am not worried about the gear that I'm, I'm wearing and, and financially, you know, they're able to provide a little bit, but like in terms of what it, what it feels like, like when I'm on a call with, with a, a warrior rep, like, I feel like I'm appreciated for the, the player that I am mm-hmm. um, in a, in a true way. And we're at the point in our sport when, you know, you, you can, and you can feel that way sometimes. Um, but at the end of the day, like I still need to explain to everybody that I talk to what the PLL business model <laughs> is. Like, 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 you know, the drill. Like, too often. Yeah. We're, we're not there yet. Um, and I think, you know, being a partner with them, it, it really one allows me to be a, a full-time pro athlete, but it also provides that feeling, um, that you're, that you're a part of something that's, that's pretty cool. And, and it's very few, there are very few people in the world that can say that they're pro athletes full-time and to be, to be a part of that small crew, um, you know, is, is something that I, I hold near and dear to my heart and it's been my dream forever. Um, but it's also, it's it's really something that you know now now that i have that you know it's 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 kind of the what's next mentality and continue to keep growing that partnership and and seeing how far we can push the sport uh as a collective group you know it's not just warrior it's not just sdix epic whatever like we need to push this all together i think and create the notoriety because we want it to be you know like a big four sport and uh we want it to gain the notoriety that we all know that it deserves what what is next for you now that you know came to the league you made a big splash right you're a top 50 player obviously you know doing a lot on social media warrior you know what are you really doing to kind of position yourself to continue to grow um and, and what does that look like for you yeah so i i mean i've paired up with uh, I'm, I'm lucky for his his mentorship and friendship with with rob Pennell. um you know we our, our lot, we launched the attack Academy app. Uh, so it's more of an online type type deal. Um, so obviously learning, learning from that, um, which is essentially a startup business <laughs> and it's a lot of trial by error for, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's been a great learning experience for me because, you know, it's, I, t- I have to take ownership because it's, it's just us. So, uh, you know, taking ownership of, of that. Um, and then in terms of, you know, what's next, um, you know, my, my goal for me just in general is just to be a little bit better each year. Like I don't, I don't, I know I'm not going to go from here to here in a year. So, you know, trying to dial in those things after having conversations with some older guys in the league, like, like Durkin um, and, and like Kyle Hartzell and, and those guys, you know, they said, get, get on the nutrition train, get on the mobility train, get all of that stuff handled ahead of time, because you're going to thank yourself when you're in your thirties and you're going to feel a lot better. Um, so, so trying to dial in all of those things and, and treat my body in, in a way that I wish I would have treated it in college, um, a little bit better, 
uh, and at the end of the day, you know, everybody asks like, all right, what are you doing? You know, what are your hobbies and all this? I, I live it. I breathe it. I, I, I dream about it. Like it's, it's 24 seven for me. Um, but it's 24 seven with a job that I, I love. So it's not a job. Um, and, and that at the end of the day is, is the dream for me. So, you know, I'm kind of just trying to cherish, cherish all the time that I can get of, of being able to, to do this and do the thing that I love the most, um, with, with some pretty special guys around me. I love it. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Mazone and <laughs> how much he said that he used to dog you in kangaroo court. Now you're obviously, you know, you're used to fines. You pay me my money. What is the worst fine that you got last season? Um, from Christian, then what's the worst one that you got from anyone on the team? Um, and, and now what's that look like going to 2021 since you're not the rookie anymore. And now you're asking, can get some revenge. Not that you couldn't get him. Yeah. Before, but you're definitely getting ganged up. on. I mean, I mean the worst one from Maz was when I spelled his, his name wrong. What, what uh, did, what could you, spell it, I was, I was keeping, I was the one keeping the totals for the yeah. fine. Yeah. So, so I, I spelled it M A Z and he goes, no, it's, it's two Z's <laughs> or, or so, something along those lines. And, uh, but, um, yeah, so I felt bad about that in terms of worst fine that I got. Oh, there were a few bad ones. Shrives, Shrives definitely ganged up on me quite a bit with, with that. He had at least like three for me every day. Um, <laughs> he kept, he kept me in line. Uh, let's think I got, I got it. I mean, social media finds, I think are just, they happen. Fucking so, like candy. Yeah. So McKay was the head of social media finds. So he, he ran through everybody's stuff, um, which <laughs> was always a, a great time to, to listen to. Um, in terms of, of worst one, Probably, mm, McMahon got me a few times, pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think one stands out. What? Give me the juice. Come on. I mean, yeah, I, this is this is definitely tougher. <laughs> um, I I got fined for getting chirped for wearing ankle socks, and me and me responding to the chirps <laughs> on Twitter. On Twitter. Uh, oh no, wait, that's fine. Uh, I wore, I didn't wear pads to our shoot around. And before the season, I posted a uh, like hype video with uh, me working out in pads. That was and, hilarious. And I, I responded back to the kid, you play without pads, bud. <laughs> and uh, so Shrives find me, max fine, $5 of. It's uh, a weak max four, fine. We got to get that to, to 20. Four. For uh, well, dude, they they add up pretty quickly. <laughs> um, for so he max fined me for not wearing pads uh, to practice. That the person that was chirping you on Twitter is Kearney's little brother, and uh, he plays D two cross. Well, dude, and then he like he like apologized, and I was like, dude, like it's, it's oh, banter. he apologized like, on DM. Yeah, and like oh my I, I, God. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to get into it, and like it. It was just I, that was my first Twitter beef that like I've ever been in. That's so funny. And it's 
dude, it's it's tiring. Like you gotta like stay on it if you really want to win. With like a Canadian, you gotta be ready. They got yeah, yeah all the yeah. all the fucking jokes. Yeah, so that that was probably like my funniest was, and I just was helpless with it because we were just wearing helmets and gloves for a shoot around. Mm-hmm. Tom was like, "Yep, you're fine, not wearing uh not wearing pads." Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a lot of them truthfully are social media fines. Um, that, that that was where my my uh majority of my stuff I think rattled 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 off uh from McKay. I, I had a few each time he spoke, which was. It's, it's all in good fun. And, and listen, like with all the social media stuff, you know, I get called out in, in the group chat from time to time or, or get a text. Like if, if I'm not getting called out for posting some of the stuff that, that I post, then I really probably, that then that's the issue, right? That you want guys to be able to, you want to be able to chirp back and forth because then you know it's real and you know that you actually have a friendship. Um, you know, I, I still give my friends crap uh, for, for stuff that they do as well. Um, and, and that's, that's, I think just being a, a 23 year old guy, like I think yeah. that's normal, normal, that's just locker room banter. <laughs> Did you, uh, you find the zone for his fucked up helmet? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, multiple times, another side note for something, Mazone. I was wearing a Lululemon hat and he just find me. He goes, just for that hat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, dude! Well, yeah, Mazone's so Maz, Matt, Maz is just an interesting. He's so interesting, but he's so funny. Like he's yeah. he's so he's so underrated. So underrated, how funny he is, but um, underrated you know, he, as a player too. He's I think he's I think he's player. he can do he can do just about anything on the field, and um, he's he. I love how how gritty he plays like he he's a guy that like in the middle of the field like you need guys like that like him putting him and like scott ratliff on each wing like you have two guys that literally are willing or like foaming at the mouth willing to throw punches <laughs> like like that's that's when that's when you know and um you know i i i think similar to your point like that that big 10 kind of stuff like i i think in, in a lot of ways there is respect factor because I do know that at the end of the day, you know, if Penn State wins, if Rutgers wins, fine. But like, I know Mazone competes his ass off with every single play, and you, you just got to respect that with everything that you have. And and really, like, that's a guy who gives us energy without saying anything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll be looking forward um, to my bank account, my Venmo uh, after the next Rutgers Penn State when game. It, when it- when is did they not come out with the second uh, probably second? i mean i imagine it's going to be like every you know we play each other twice so it's probably just a roundabout schedule right like it's probably in what so it's probably what in like a month and a half probably yeah, yeah. yeah 10 games total um for the season um well, you, uh, here, here's a question for you yeah what do you got for me going going through the big 10 schedule what is rucker's final record in the big ten? going into the big 10 tournament 10 games mm-hmm. what is because I think there's going to be a few five and five teams. So I, I think truthfully, probably the same thing we did in my senior year, which is like, it's you're going to be tough. Maryland's always going to be tough. You want to split Maryland. Like that's the goal. Like to beat them twice is just really, really hard. So split Maryland, um, beat you guys twice. Could beat Hopkins twice this year. Um, I think if anything, bare minimum split Hopkins, Michigan, 2-0. Um, uh, who am I missing? Ohio State, 
I mean, I don't know how good Ohio State is this year. Johnny Pearson is—he's my roommate, they're good. Ohio State they're, guy. They're, they looked—they looked really good last weekend, in my opinion. They—I think they're suspects sometimes, though. Like they can look good, and then oh, all yeah, of a sudden they go eight and eight well, because the, because like, they take the because they take the air out of the ball sometimes <laughs> and play a little bit of the slower game. But no, they they looked good last week. I, I'm excited. I, I'm predicting my six and four for, for Rutgers. Six and four. I think I think Penn State's probably going to be right around that. Um, I don't know about the uh, the 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 sweep. Um, I, I don't know about that. But yeah, boy. We'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But no, I'm I'm excited for it because you can you can be a like potentially you could be a five and five and and go in and win the entire Big Ten tournament and go to playoffs. Yeah, I think that's that's something that's pretty exciting and. Um, you know, obviously Maryland, Maryland, Penn State this this weekend, and uh, we're ready, ready, ready for that. I mean, you and I both know that Maryland rivalry is also same thing. You know, That's tonight. Got, that is that is tonight. Uh, That's in it's in a little bit. So happy hour lacrosse, Joe B and Mark Dixon back on the call. Nothing Super better excited. than that, honestly. Nothing better and, than them uh, too on the call. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited to hear a, a Joe B shot score uh, pretty pretty quickly into it. Um, but yeah, no, it's I'm I'm excited, man. College across is back. Gives you something to watch on the weekends, something to get invested into. And and at the end of the day, this this skill level of these guys are, are really great. But really excited to to see how the Big Ten shapes up. Yes, sir. Right, I'll let you uh, go enjoy that game. I appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, of course, brother. Talk to you later. Right, I'll talk to you. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Unbuckled Chinstrap. As always, please make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast, and we will catch you guys next week on another episode of Unbuckled.